Hello everybody and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show and this is show eight and I'm joined by two champion ultra runners who are very fortunate and this show is going to be called the first ultra running show and the reason for that is that I intend to do quite a few of these because it's one of my passions. So, Gareth Kosher. Hello. Nicola Bruce. Hiya. Hi. I've had you both on the radio before. Yeah. Gareth's done a couple of shows, Nicola's done a show, but I've never been able to put you both together at the same time. I'm a bit concerned because I, I've got to pick Willow up about nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we could overrun a touch, but, and I see you brought your medals with you. Yeah. Yeah, all your trophies. So this show is called the, the First Ultra Running Show. The reason being that with the radio shows before, we're a bit limited with time constraints and uh, the format of the show, things like this. With this now, I feel that over a, perhaps a series of a few shows, we can talk about nutrition, about technique, about equipment, about training. There's so much to talk about, and we there can. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll start with you, Gareth. Yeah. Now, you've both had an interesting journey up to this point. I'm very fortunate because we've done the shows. I know quite a bit about you. And... An interesting fact, Gareth, that a lot of people don't know, is you used to be a funeral director. I certainly did, yeah. Yeah. It was a very rewarding job. Yeah. yeah. And you, your career seems to have worked its way through helping other people, being a, a curer, and you, you know, you've had a number of jobs where it always comes back to helping people. Yeah, I think that's a bit in my nature. I like yeah. to help people, I like to see um, people do well and people move on, so... Yeah, and um, with the funeral directing, that was a, a role that people go, oh, isn't that sad? Or they, and of course, that is a sad time for everybody. But yeah. if you can help people to get over that, uh, a lot of it by being very minimalistic, being in the background, but making sure everything runs right, making sure the final send-off is correct, yeah. that really helps people and helps them get on with the grieving process mm. while you deal with some more practical things. Yeah. Uh, and you could feel take reward out of that, I feel, uh, because yeah. sometimes it, it's the little things of helping people that can be the biggest. So the things mm. that people don't see, the little things in the background. Um, and the same with the ultra running. I get, I get lots of comments. Uh, I get lots of messages. I get lots of messages off really good runners asking me mm. questions. But I get lots of questions off the average runner or the person who's trying it for the first time. And yeah. Which was me, not that long ago, a year ago. <laughs> Still is me. A year ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm wondering why they're asking me, because I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, and I think helping them is so rewarding as well. And at this time at Chester was my first time of being on the other side of the trail, because uh, I've gone over to be an assistant race director with GB uh, Ultra. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Chester 50's just been, hasn't it, very it recently? It has, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was down to do it, unfortunately. I wasn't well, and so I couldn't do it. But it, it's it's the start of the race calendar, isn't it, for GB Ultra? Yes, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a beautiful race, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's a lovely race. Uh, yeah, and it's a lovely welcoming race uh, with, I think, a very good insight into trail, but with mm. accessible to all. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's... There's, there's some hills and climbs in it, but it, it's it's nothing like the races later in the years, which are basically you need rock climbing gear for, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's why it is very accessible and it has a lot of running sections and it has where people can make up time. So when if they are a bit slow on yeah. the hills or on the trail bits, they've still got plenty of time and we do do generous cutoffs on it yeah. because we like to welcome everyone. We like to... Get, uh, welcome everyone into the group and give everyone a taste of this brilliant yeah. sport. Yeah, yeah, it's very inclusive. Yeah. So... Nicola, your past, you were at Crufts. Yes, yes. which is this weekend, actually. <laughs> it's always on telly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I'd realised that it's on telly, yeah. So Crufts, you've worked with dogs all your life and you've gone back to that, haven't you? Yeah. After training to be a lawyer or solicitor? I got a law degree, yeah. yeah. Um, decided that coping with lots of stress wasn't really something I'm very good at. So no, me neither. work with animals instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can only imagine as we've talked about a lot on the radio, where human beings were so busy thinking about all the things that have happened that we can't do anything about or all the things that haven't happened yet that we can't do anything about. And consequently, our minds are that busy. We create mental stress. And animals, with the exception of us, all sentient beings are, sentient beings are fully present. Yeah. And we are so frequently, our minds are that busy that we miss the moment. We miss it. 
you know, we life passes us by and we're so overthinking everything that we don't really enjoy what's right in front of us, yeah. you know. I think animals are naturally mindful and we have to actually yeah. put effort in or take classes to become mindful. We've forgotten how to do it. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I think with ultra running, with what DB Ultra is doing, what you're both doing, the ultra running is predominantly with GB Ultras, it's, it's trail running. It's all trail yes. running. Yes. So you're in nature. You're away from your everyday environment. You're doing an endurance sport. You focus on your breath and you're in a beautiful, you know, over the top of, um, which is the race that you do down south, the one that's... The Brecon Beacon. Brecon, that's oh, it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and I remember you both describing that. And when either of you talked about that, you could see your, your, a little smile come on your yeah. face and you drifted away. And, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I know that from my experience. So let's start at the beginning. Ultra running. We're going to talk at the end, and well, for the whole show probably about GB Ultras and what what's happening there. And there's some new ch- changes and developments. And I love to say things which I'm going to say later. <laughs> I look at the camera and I say, "Hot off the press," <laughs> and, and, and we've got some of that tonight. So it's good. <laughs> yes, but we'll start off. So I'm Joe Bloggs. I've come along. I've I do a little bit of running. Maybe I'm enjoying it. I feel good. What's ultra running? What is it? Uh, ultra running is. Uh, I was going to say the next step up, but I don't even think it is. Uh, I mean, you have to be able to complete a marathon distance to try and take on a longer distance, but you certainly don't have to be a top marathon runner. You, no. you know, you, as long as you can keep going for that distance is what we ask. So ultra running then is running stripped down slightly. So it's took out into nature, it's took onto the trails and the distance is massively increased. Mm. You know? It's anything over a marathon is an ultra yeah. marathon. Yeah. Yeah. And and then when the distance is increased, obviously the amount of running decreases slightly. So unless you're in the top 10 where you will be running a good... Which you eight. both know something about. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get to. Yeah. And that's you, why you've got all the uh, iron wear there. It looks like we've bling. been in a, a cowboy saloon with all the belt buckles, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, where you'll be running, you know, a good 80% of the race and, and walking uh, 20% and power walking. You literally can do a 50-50 split of run mm-hmm. walking, um, walking the hills. Uh, so it's about being out there and getting time on your feet, getting in touch with nature and completing an event uh, yeah. in a set time limit. Although you want to put yourself on the start line as fit as you can possibly be, I think with ultras you particularly tap into the mental side of things and the determination and the motivation Brilliant. more yeah. so than the physical. Be- because it's not, it's never going to be a perfect set of uh, um, circumstances or preparation prior to a race. No. Because with ultra running... Or during. Yeah. Yeah, the, during a race. If you're running 100 miles... There's so miles, much more to think about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember doing my first ultra race and I packed, it took me two days to pack my bag, two days, yeah. you know, and I packed it, unpacked it, packed it. I didn't have all the right stuff. My bag was twice as heavy as everybody else's, my, um, you know, with my nutrition and my bits and bobs and my mandatory kit. And all your just-in-cases. Yeah, oh, and I had all the wrong, I had the wrong trainers on, the kit was wrong, everything, every mistake you could make, I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's how you learn, isn't yes, it? it is. Yeah. I, and that's what it is. And that's why it's forgiving. So if you go out to do a marathon or you're trying for a sub four marathon or, or even trying, you know, to finish your first marathon, you, you've got time constraints and it, you know, it's in the moments. And so you've got to get that right. Where if you're out for 50 miles, you know, you you can get something wrong. Yeah. If you've got somebody following you around, you can say, can you get me to different trainers for the next checkpoints yeah. and change yeah. that? So you, you've got all that time to change it and just, just be in the moment and really enjoy the race. And yeah. that's what you've got to do is enjoy yeah. the race. With an ultra, you've got time to be more flexible and sometimes you've got no choice. You have to be flexible. You've got to roll with the punches because so much can change. Yeah. But that's what makes it amazing. Yeah. I think um, we'll talk a little bit about your iron work here. Now... You've both you've both won races, and I was going to call this show, which we joked about off air before, and it was Ultra Running Royalty, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I've got two champion ultra runners sat in front of me, and and I suppose the first time you hear that, it's a bit strange, and you think, but but that's what you are, you know. And here you've got the larger the discs. Tell us about the the medals and the aim what you've got so we've got for the 50 mile races you get a medal but for anything 100 miles or more you tend to get a belt buckle um that's from its tradition as a horse race is how it originally started a guy's horse went lame so he ran it himself 
because um, they couldn't find anything in the rules to say that you had to have a horse. So he completed it and got a belt buckle, which was the traditional prize. So that's why for over 100 miles, that's, I love what, that. that's I didn't why know you that. get a buckle. Yeah. yeah so that. that's what all these are for. So these are for the GB Ultras 100 Mile Grand Slam. Which you've both now completed. We both did. We intended yes. to run the races together last year as a yeah. team and we managed it, didn't we? I, we I, did. Brilliant I remember seeing you. I'd pass you. I was still doing my first 50. <laughs> you, you'd be on your second 50 going the other way. Both running together. Yeah. And... You were the first lady ever to complete the GB Ultra's 100 mile Grand Slam. Yeah, is still that, the only right? one so far. Yeah, that's amazing. Hopefully, there'll yeah. be a couple more this year. Yes, oh, women are more capable not. than we think. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one can be first again, can they? No, and that's the thing. I, I always say it's always about being the pioneer. Yeah. I, I'll give you a really strange example. I remember we'd been clubbing one night and we were jumping between buildings, right? At the top Obviously. of the Obviously. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> And everybody looked at it and it was about four and a half, five metres, big gap. And people were thinking, can it be done? Can it be done? Can it be done? Once I did it, I was the first one ever to do it. We jumped across these buildings. Once I'd done it, because if you, you fall, you die. You know. <laughs> yeah. Once I'd done it, three other people did it a week later. But until I'd done it, nobody would ever do it. It's about being, I'm not saying, right, don't jump off any buildings. No. Please, right? <laughs> no. But it's always about being the pioneer. Somebody's got to go first. Yeah. You know, I, so. And I think Nicola's yeah. really helped that. I mean, uh, ladies are really strong in ultra running, which is fantastic. It's fantastic to see uh, and people going about equal opportunities, which is totally right. But yeah. uh, women in ultra running are certainly saying, yeah. well, not only are we equal, we're also better than you. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. Nicola's flipped on its head now. Yeah. We want equal rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know. you do uh, get some women who win ultras outright, yeah. which yeah. is unlikely well, to ever happen in a shorter distance. Yeah. I, I read articles about it. And once you get past a certain point, yeah. the playing field levels out. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it because generally men are stronger and yeah. the more muscular, and that has advantage for shorter distances and strength events. Yeah. You take that out of the equation, when it comes down to your heart, your lungs, and your mind, yeah. there's no reason why a woman can't beat the pants yeah. off a man. Yeah, And they have done. Yeah. And the, the, so the silver one is for second lady, which yeah. Nicola got in all four of the 100s. So she really didn't just complete the 100 grand slam, she smashed it. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, So she was second lady in every one, and then what they do is they add the times up of the four events and yeah. see who come out on top. And luckily, because we did it together, me and Nicola won that, and that's one. why we get the gold one. Wow. <laughs> so do you just keep Nicola in your pocket to take her to races <laughs> so that you can win everything? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. just claims he's won four second lady trophies. So no, no, we're not going split skis on that. Uh, yeah, I, I still think I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still claiming that. That's, that's great. So I'd like to talk about Failure. Now, it might seem like a strange topic, but I think it's really important for people to, they'll see you now and see what you've achieved and what you're doing. And they might think, yeah, it's all right for you. And I've had somebody say that to me recently in the supermarket, it's all right for you. And I, my blood began to boil and I thought, you have no idea how hard I work. It wasn't in reference to running. It was to do with other things, you know, right. because I would had a book, an audio book and radio show, doing this video podcast. But I have driven this. I have decided yeah. that this is where I want to be and I've made it happen. It's been very hard. And so people who see you sat there might not realise that it's not been an easy ride and that when you both first did, I think, Nicola, you, your first ultra and yeah. Gareth, when you did your first attempt at the Scotland 250 mile, yeah. um, the Ultra Great Britain, you, you both didn't complete those. You failed. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn the most from your failures, not from your successes. Now, I'd never failed in any event ever. And I'd done a lot of triathlons and Ironman and then some ultra races until I got to the Pennine 100. And I ran this and I'd just done uh, the last ultra I'd done prior to that. I'd done some races in between, but it was the Chester 100. And yeah. I got 51 miles in and I tore my kneecap and I damaged my ligaments and my tendons. And I basically walked the last 49 miles. That's how I got around. I did the Pennine. I shouldn't have done the Pennine. I hadn't healed. I hadn't recovered. And consequently, after that race, uh, I had to have six months out where I, I, I couldn't run at all because I, I was in so much pain. Now, I'd learned more from that failure in the Pennine 100 than any other race yeah. because you've got to dust yourself off, pick yourself back up, learn from that, realise where you went wrong, which is I shouldn't have run the race. It's my own fault. And you go forward from there. So... You've both experienced this, and to be the success you are today, you probably had to go through the failure as it was part of your journey. Yeah, but on the failure point, these four medals that sit here mm. stem 
totally from that. Yeah. Because we started last season <laughs> with the 50 grand I, slam. I, I'm not negative, by the way. I'm not dwelling on <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm showing people no. that no, we've that, all had, you've had a difficult journey to be a champion. Yeah, no, and you've got this to. Is, yeah. This is really fits in with these four. We decided to do the 50 grand slam separately. But as, you know, we, we're good friends. So we're saying, yeah, we're going to do the 50 grand slam last year. And on one of the night runs prior to the start of the season. Two Nick, weeks before Chester. Nicola got injured. I twisted my ankle. Uh, <laughs> so we come into the 50 grand slam. I, I did really well on the 50. I, I hit all my targets and everything I wanted to reach. And Nicola had a shocking race. Had to walk. I had to walk the last 15 miles of Chester right. 50 last year. It was... Yeah. painful and the m12 race was so close there was no way she was going to be fit in time so nicola's dream of doing the 50 grand slam was over yeah so she rung me and we spoke about it <laughs> and she said so i'm thinking i could start the 100 grand slam because the races don't start i've got time to get fit enough to be fit for the first hundred because ah, that's until until late in the season isn't yeah. it yeah yeah so i said well What's an extra couple hundred miles for a mate? Count me in. <laughs> so because I got injured, we ended up doing the 100 Grand Slam ah, instead of the 50. Right. And sat here today. But if yeah. it wasn't for that failure and that, that then things put in our way, we wouldn't be here today. And yeah. not only did we complete the Grand Slam, but we forged such a beautiful friendship yeah. between me and my wife and Nicola, yeah. which is Team better. Carol. Yes. Team Carol. Oh, yeah. Team Carol. Which, out, which outweighs anything else that we've done last year. Yeah. That is the most thing, you know, yeah. it's well, fantastic. I think that's beautiful for a couple of reasons. One, because it wasn't just about what you learned from a failure. That failure actually was pivotal in moving you and pointing you in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. But secondly, at every juncture here, as we're talking about it, you keep, the same point keeps coming up, which I love, and it's about the journey. It's not, yeah. I... Went into a sports shop recently and I was talking to somebody. I didn't know them. We had a little chat and he said, so what position did you come? What time did you get? And I'm thinking, okay, you've not been doing this very long then, have you? No. Because usually when somebody's done a lot of ultraing, the first thing that, you know, the conversation you'll have is, how was it? Where, where did you run? Yeah. Uh, who were you running with? Did what you enjoy it? Did what they have on the checkpoint? <laughs> yeah, all of this. And it's about... It's for you. You love cake. <laughs> the, it's about the experience as opposed to just the end result it's the whole journey yeah, absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And we've made so many good memories and so so many friends and yeah. you know it's even never gone laughed on, so much yeah, yeah it's even gone on to give me a career and something i love it's just yeah. so it's just amazing and that is all about the journey and, and you know i'm starting on a new journey now yeah so this so would be a good, good point now to say that gareth kilshaw aka assistant race director yeah no for gb <laughs> for gb ultras yeah, with working alongside with Wayne, Wayne yes. Drinkwater. I yeah. am, yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. A very exciting times. Yeah. You know, I've I've known Wayne for just over three years now. Uh, get on with him really well. Uh, mm. You know, he, he's an inspiration to me. The the way he runs the company, the way he, he goes about the race, about the detail, about how, you know, everyone's so important from the first person mm. to the last, how everything's got to be right. Yeah. And I just, when the opportunity come up, it's just something I couldn't miss. It's I, something to be involved I feel with. like... Wayne must see my, or you maybe see it now, and you see my email address come up and they go, no. Because every race I give me, what it is, Wayne, you see? Uh, and I'm a special case. And, as, and I'll, I'll apply late. I'll, I'll have, there can be, at every race that I did last year, there was a reason why I needed special attention. <laughs> you know, and it was thought, come on, there's hundreds of people we I'm dealing with. We need special attention, and that's why we've got Carol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, Nicola, GB Ultra's ambassador. Yeah. Yes. That is that is hot off the press. It is. We'd known for a few weeks about you being assistant race director, have, Gareth. Yeah. I found out about an hour ago that... So did I. <laughs> yes, yes, that uh, you're now an ambas ambassador. That's, yeah. That's fantastic news. I knew if I, I kept think turning it, up, they'd have to do something yeah, with me. <laughs> I think it was inevitable. I think it was going to come, you know, and uh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just I think we all want to be part of something that we believe in so much, and we've got so much out of it, yeah. and and it just makes you want to put back in. So if I'm not running a race, I'll be volunteering at a race. Well, like at the Chester Fifty, you weren't you were both at that race, but you weren't competing in the race. I think like Gareth, you'll run and put markers out before the race yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. this. And I know you were sweeping at the back on this one. No, I wasn't in oh, the end. Oh. So I remarked some of the course in the morning that, that some people 
sort of unpick the markings that we put up. So I did some of that in the morning. Yeah. And then I was on a checkpoint, which got known as the windy checkpoint. <laughs> For what reason? <laughs> it was towards the end of the race, but it was nothing to do with nutrition. Yeah. Avoid Nicholas checkpoint. Stop at the next one. We're just trying to get the runners on the run quick. That's all. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, ambassador, that's fantastic. News. Yeah. In the same vein as where you're helping people, and I know, Nicola, we talked about it on the show where you'd had suffered from depression, had mental health issues and a a suicide attempt as well at one point. And I talk openly about the fact that I've had lots of problems and I still have problems. You know, I'm a much better condition and I have a a set of tools now to put myself back together far more quickly and I see the signs more. But still, I'm... Vulnerable. I think once you've had an experience, like I had my first breakdown, after that, you have to be a bit more careful because you're very susceptible, yeah. you know, and you have to manage your environment, who you associate with, what you do in your spare time, and look after yourself. Yeah, really. I don't think it ever goes away. It is how no. you've learned to cope and, with it. And Gareth, you're, you've raised money for Mind as well, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, this year... We're, we're all going to do it, all of Team Carol. So that's There's me. There's five of us now. We're adopting people. Yeah, so that's me, Nicola, Siobhan, Ian and Carol. We're, we're all going to take on the May Challenge where you uh, you donate through RUN and they, you donate and you do a virtual race, really. So through the month, you decide what kind of mileage you want to do. And you stack that up then. You yeah. stack yeah, that up, yeah. you send it in and then they give you a medal. But the main thing is... Can you have a medal for 10 mile? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's 25 <laughs> over oh, right. so 25 over Anyone month. can join in. Yeah, Any yeah. dog walkers, get on it. Yeah, yeah you can it's walk, all for miles it, for mind. Um, but it also gets it out there. You put the hashtag on things. Uh, and last year... The company I worked for was quite an old-fashioned company as in the set of people, you know. It was an old BICC company that had changed. And a lot of, it was a very male-dominated place. Yeah. And not a thing where people would talk about it. But with me doing that that month, it actually brought people out and people spoke to me and said, oh, you're doing that? I've had some issues. And people who you would never dream of would speak about that. So yeah. it really is good. And it gets it out there on social media and hashtags and people yeah. message you and ask you about it. So it's a well-worth cause. So much awareness. And people, sometimes they just need to know that it, they can talk yeah. about things. I think it's a beautiful to. thing when you can be vulnerable and tell people that you've had problems because yeah. then they'll yeah. associate with you that. And the first thing people think then is, Oh, they, they've had problems and and they've found a way through. Or yeah. you know they've they've managed to the coping now. So how have they done that? You know, and I it's think particularly with ultra running, yeah. so many people have had issues and have ongoing issues. And ultra running is like a coping mechanism. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, I loved on the radio show you called it a healthy addiction, yeah. and that's a very good because I, people used to call me at work uh, extreme pat. Right, because I can't do I anything halfway. <laughs> that like Post and Pat's <laughs> evil twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if I'm running, if I'm weightlifting, if I'm fighting, if I'm writing, if I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I get into something and then I get passionate about it and I stream all my energy into it. So all I'm extreme. Or nothing. Yeah. So a healthy addiction is a really good way, perhaps. And I read an article that said 75 to 80 percent. That was the figure in the article yeah. of ultra runners have all had either mental health issues or an addiction problem. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's it. First, when you hear that figure at first, it sounds very high. But then what the, the real crux of this is, is that most people have a mental health problem at some time and they don't admit it. And yes. I think when yeah. you're ultra running, you get to a point in your life where you start to appreciate the things that really matter. You start to yeah. open up a little bit. And I know from my experience with, uh, I ran with a guy called Darren, Darren Senior at the Chester 100. And we went dark and deep, you know, because yeah. at the back end of that, I was under pressure and I couldn't run because I'd damaged my knee. And Darren, you, you you go to places and you share things that maybe you wouldn't normally share with people, but you have to really, really dig deep, don't yeah. you? So. Ultra running definitely strips you back. You see the real person. You can't yeah, pretend to be someone you're no. not. No, you can give it all this it's down the pub and so everything else, but when you're on an ultra run, you're like, okay, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Know, yeah. And, and that's why I think we have such good friendships because it is honest and such a deep friendship because you've got to see the real person. Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely think that comes out and it shows... You know, uh, and that's why the online community at the GB Ultra, you see how honest and open and how friendly people are because they all know, people understand, they've all either been through mental health issues themselves or they, they've dealt with it. But they also know that to do an ultra, you do have to dig deep. You do yeah, have to go yeah. through certain minds. And you channels, have to have maybe know. have yeah. cracked some of those things, haven't you? Definitely. To complete an ultra, yeah. you have to have had... Yeah. 
your mind saying one thing and you've had to learn to manage it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've been through that yeah. journey. If yeah. you've had a mental health problem, it's a bonus when you're ultra running. I sometimes <laughs> wonder that. I think it might be. Yeah. You've, you've definitely had to talk to yourself, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when your running buddy refuses to talk to yeah. you, you know. Yeah. Quite often. <laughs> yeah. Now I'd like to talk about um, GB Ultras and we've a lot to talk about with GB Ultras, yeah. but we'll start off with the community online because this is how I first became involved with GB Ultras, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a big group, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's getting up to 8,000 now. So, we're, yeah, yeah, and growing daily. Um, yeah. It's just brilliant because it, it, it's a way that people can ask questions, join in, and then they meet people on the race and, oh, I, I met you. you recognise yeah, yeah, your yeah, name yeah, on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, but, yeah, and... That's sort of how our, our Facebook start both for you and then met you on the yeah. race. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we do, we do monitor it we, to make sure that it's a friendly group. But I can tell you, we never really have to, never have to get no. intervened, never have to say anything, mm. never really have to pull anyone's adverts or anything. The, it's the, really good. For me, the biggest part, the thing initially was I had a lot of questions. I mean, questions, 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 because... Didn't notice. <laughs> 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 it was all brand new and and that platform was fantastic you know because you've got this wealth of knowledge that you can tap into and yeah. and you don't have to feel stupid you can start you know what trainers do I wear yeah. if it's muddy what about this what about my nutrition and stuff you know yeah. so the that helped me a lot the, there's so many the people community. who are willing to give their opinions or their advice or their experience as well yeah. that you can the, pick the, and choose the one thing about ultra runners is they do like to talk about ultras if you do ultra running by definition you've got to basically dedicate most of your free time to yeah. it yeah which is trying to do a balancing act with a lot of the things i do <laughs> if true. all i did was ultra running i'd have a lot more time to do it you know and then through the community what you do is then you organize the recce's for the races yeah. prior yes. now this takes us back to helping people yeah. which you've both both done and like maybe working as a Kura or the funeral home or Nicola from your experiences what you've learned from you know your own personal experiences and sharing that you then these recce's they're a very social affair yeah. the pace slows down you learn the route but you get to meet the people you get comfortable with them yeah. so you know you've got friends before you get there on race yeah. day yes. and it's it, I've only done a couple of them and I did one the night recce for the back 50 yeah. at Chester and that was great for me because it built my confidence up because I thought I am going to get lost you know I'm going to run in at dark I'll end up on my own where am I what's going on and we did the route and although I didn't remember every single twist and turn I had yeah. a, definitely a good idea of what yeah. we were doing so it gives you a bit of comfort during yeah, the race doesn't it yeah oh, that bit looks familiar I, this is why I always did the back 50 of any race I yeah. did I did the back 50 first the week before because I whatever I'm going to be running at night I want to have a, a just a bit of a recce of that first you know yeah. and if we do ever put on the night recce's we're very busy so it's it's hard to get us you know we've got to do the recce's of the race first and foremost and then yeah. if we can fit anything in or we can do some social runs we, we'd fit them in but we do like to throw the odd night one in because a, it gives people used to using the head torch and a bit of confidence yeah. but if we can do any on the route that's why we'll always pick yeah. where people are going to be yeah. at night. It, with the best intentions, you can think you're going to preempt all the things that could go wrong, but you can't. The no. only way to do it is get your waterproofs on. You've got your head torch on. It's in the middle of the night. You do get lost and you want to do all that before race day, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think this time, the Chester 50, I think, proved that. I mean, it, it threw everything at us. You know, we had storms, we had floods, we had diversions. Yeah. We worked really hard coming up to it. We had to alter the routes. Uh, but then when everyone turned up on the day, they all had that, no, no, this isn't going to beat us. We're going to get in there and get it done. Yeah. And, you know, and they all said afterwards, yeah, it was really muddy. That was hard work. But they were all character building. Yeah. And yeah. they'll all be there. They can all say, we did the Chester 50. And that, that was year. on the last checkpoint. And we had no one complaining at no. the last checkpoint. We had mm. lots of people absolutely caked in mud, laughing their heads off going yeah. come on we're nearly at the end we can do this it if anything it kind of brought people together more it I think. did yeah, yeah it did i think what was nice and because i know somebody is a guy who did this show a couple uh sorry did a radio show with me a couple of weeks ago called chris reddy he has a running group and 
he did the Chester 50 and he said that he was quite relieved because it was going to be muddy and the weather was worse, but because of the diversion, the distance had come down just slightly, yeah. Yeah. you know. And we all know if it's a 44-mile run, it's a 48-mile run, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but he said the fact that the conditions were bad, but the distance had come down slightly because of diversions, he was quite happy about that, you yeah. know. Well, yeah. there was the odd person who asked about it. So I did, at the end when I was on the line, did ask anyone, did they want to run around the rugby field to make up the, <laughs> make up the distance? And Only there, 50 laps. Yeah, <laughs> and no one, there was no takers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, they might have been beforehand going, no, yeah. I'm going to run up and down the canal to make it up. Then they thought, no. Actually, no. I, I'm happy. I'm going to take. I'll call medal. that a run for today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll do that. I saw the pictures, and it was a mudfest, wasn't it? But it, it, in parts, but it certainly a was. mudfest can be a lot of fun as yeah, well. Yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, very catchy. I think people enjoyed it for what it was, which yeah. just shows the yeah. great spirit of ultra and, runners, and it just shows what people can do when they put their minds to it. You know, to get through that kind of conditions, uh, the cold, the wind. Uh, um, we, we had some excellent. Uh, I mean, the guy won it in six hours twenty-three phenomenal kind of running but from there's Dave a lot Rick, of people Dave, it was their Dave first Rickart, ultra it was his first ultra helped us out all last year Dave a wonderful guy but come in and absolutely smashed it finished with a big smile on his face and you know in them did, conditions did he win it did, did Dave, no no, no, Dave, no. Oh, no. I thought that was Dave, the guy Dave, yeah. Dave was one of our last runners but he mm. He, he kept going, he was so going. determined. He, he trained so yeah. hard for it, he'd yeah. lost some weight, he'd put everything into that. So yeah, his achievement to me is the same as the winner. Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fantastic to see him be part of that. I, I say to, we, I was talking to somebody recently, I, I'd done a couple of runs with a Coach to 5K group um, called Sam's Warriors. Um, I went up supporting and, and ran with them. The 0 to 5K can be the hardest run you'll ever do. Yes. Yeah. Because 5K to 10K, you're already up and running. Yeah. It's not as hard. 10K to half a marathon and so on. As you increase those distances, obviously you're learning all the time and there's your nutrition changes because you go from the fuel in your body, you need external nutrition when you get past a certain distance. There's so many things and the kit changes. I remember when I first started running and I got a, a nine pound per trainers from Decathlon yeah. and I did myself a load of damage with those, by the <laughs> way, as well. You need to get the right kit. But, and I forgot my point. <laughs> well, it was on about how uh, it's it's rewarding to people and how like Dave Rickart finished the race. Oh yeah, the counts to five k. Yeah, so yeah. the the distance. Uh, quite often, it's the beginning of your journey, getting from nothing to five yeah. k is yeah. the hardest bit. Once and even now, I find the first hour of any run is probably the worst bit because everything's settling down. You're getting exactly into the swing the of it, yeah. but my, then it gets good. My first ten k of any race. I got really hot and then really cold and I put some kit on and I take some off and then I, 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 got, I, get, uh, I get niggles and things like that. And once yeah. I get past the first 10K, all the little niggles disappear. Yeah. You know, I, I know I'm a fan the first 20, 20 miles. <laughs> 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 After that, the I think... The first 49 well, miles of the uh, <laughs> yeah. ultra is always... <laughs> After the first 20, I think, well, I'm out now. Carry <laughs> 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 <Okay>. on. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, or to that point, I think I could change my mind. <laughs> could still go back. Yeah. So if we'll, we'll talk about GB Ultras now, yeah. and there's been a few changes this year with the race calendar, and yeah. we've got some races that have finished, some races that have been introduced, and we've also got, if I get this right, so the GB24, that race ended last, last yes, year. The Pennine 100 has gone, but the Pennine 50 stays, Yes, if that's right. We've also got new Scotland races. We've got the Scotland 50, which is the preempt to the Scotland 100. So they've been introduced, is that right? They're on the same they're day. They're on the same day. Okay. So they're the preempt to the 215. Which ah, some of us are doing yes. again this okay. year. I've seen your post, yeah. <laughs> so... The Scotland race that had been introduced was before it was just the Scotland 215 yeah. GB Ultra race across Britain. Race across yeah. 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 So the 1500 are on the Southern Upland Way, which is part of the race across Scotland okay. route. And then there's also the G2E, that's which correct. is a new race that's been introduced at the end of the calendar, which is the M2L. But up top, yeah, pretty much, it, yeah. pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's about a fifty-six mile race, yeah, uh, but it runs between the two ma big cities in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we think it'll be a really good race. It'll be really enjoyable. I love it because the end of the season, uh, you've predominantly been ending with a big race, but yeah. like for instance, the Snowden, the yeah. Snowden One Hundred, and 
as the season gets more difficult, some of the people, part of the community, you know, that's you, it's a big ask to take that race off yeah. You yeah. Know, for anybody. Um, but you're rounding the season off with a 50 mile a 50 mile race and a very, very sociable 50 mile race. You nearly said so. from them, didn't you? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and that, that is the reason. So, Snowden finishes the 100 Grand Slam, it finishes the 50 Grand Slam. So, that'll all be finished in the September. At the end of the Snowden race, that's where we'll end of them Grand Slams, people who's took them on. But then we go to October and we've got the, the beautiful. Uh, G2E yeah. race so should be a nice one because there's not a lot of elevation so it's not sort of it's yeah. not anything like Snowden but yeah. also with it following the canal it should be quite easy navigation as well hopefully I think a lot of people don't they if they haven't run an ultra they've run a marathon and they just think of that number and double it or triple it and make think yeah. it's relevant to an ultra and it is in no way relevant to an ultra race yeah. because to run for longer periods generally your pace has to come down a bit but yeah. also you throw in some hills and mountains in some cases like yeah. in the Pennines or with Snowdon and you it's a totally different experience yeah yeah. You know? yeah yeah and I think anybody that takes on the GB Ultras 100 Grand Slam is a serious I'll swear I don't swear very <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, um, it's some ass that because the Chester 100, relatively flat, but still a bit of climb in yeah. it. And and then you're moving on. You've got the, the Scotland 100 now, which yeah. we, we didn't have. But the Pennine and the, the Snowdon races, you're climbing up and down mountains. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's a serious business, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Snowdon was unlike anything I've ever done before. Yeah. It is, no. For me, it seemed like a lot of climbing, not a whole lot of running. It, it That was definitely the mental test for me because I'm scared of heights as well. Yeah. It just threw everything at us. Yeah. But we managed it. Yeah, we did. We <sighs> did manage it. Yeah. Some, some to go in that, yeah. So we've got the luxury. We can talk a little bit about training, about kit, about technique about things on race day i find that on race day i get nervous before a race yeah, you know yeah. and maybe the day before or the day before that i start thinking about packing my kit and it has got a bit easier because i've done a few now yeah. but certainly initially I, it was terrible I'd, yeah. I'd pack and then think you forget something it's at the bottom of your bag everything's out again and it's Just in and check. out yeah and you think should i go with the Powder, what's the powder called? You put tailwind. In, yeah, tailwind. Or should I go with nuts and try and stay natural? Or should I go with sugar? Should I go with my gels? And I find I have to do a combination of those. Yes. Yeah. On yeah. my first ultra, I tried to just do it on gels. Ooh. And I was about 30 gels in. And oh. I was vomiting everywhere. Yeah. You know, these are the lessons you need to learn, aren't Definitely. they? Yeah. yeah. Tailwind's brilliant, but I can't run exclusively on trailwind. No. It's, it's no. tailwind, sorry. It's not It's not enough for me. But, no. it's, but it's a great to do that in combination, which I learned from you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, because I asked yeah. you about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's like a bonus to me. It's, yeah. You're getting your fluid in and you're getting some extra. Topping the energy yeah. up constantly yeah. and stuff. I also learned that when I was running, the second you start running, 30 minutes in, I've got to be putting nutrition in yes. straight away. Definitely. Initially, when I started doing it, I'd wait to two, two, two and a half hours in. I think, right, I need to eat now. It's too late. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have trouble. You're never going to catch up no, with yourself then, no, are you? No, no. And I think the whole thing of ultra running is trial and error because we've got exactly the same results last year. We finished every race together, but our training is different. Our kit is different. Our nutrition is different. Yeah. But we've got the same and, results. And Mine's better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A massive thing for me More was finding, finding <laughs> the right footwork. Yes. And I remember, I like the expression you used, Nicola, and you said you had the Cinderella moment. Yes. When you put I love on my Brooks Cascadias. There you go, <laughs> see, yeah. I, I sort of, I had ASICs initially and I veered off and I tried every pair of trainer and I thought, but had all the ones that I thought were cool, yeah. you know, and they didn't work for me and I'm back in ASICs now. Yeah. I do have a pair of Sigourney. Uh, yeah, Peregrine, I use them as I, ISO, the ones I have yeah. at the trail. But um, I, ASICs, just, I get along with ASICs and I should stick with them. Yeah. But I went and I tried, I had two or three pair of hocker and things like this, and I couldn't quite get on with them. You no. know? And uh, people say that to me because uh, I do like Solomon and they're like, Do you? <laughs> you sleep in them. <laughs> Carol says you sleep in them, Gareth. Yeah. I don't sleep now, I work for Wayne. It's not allowed. But, Sleeps for Wayne. Yeah. But yeah, but I've got a pair on, I love them. Why would I change? Yeah. I've nowhere to go from them, you know. There's probably others that might suit me, but these do suit me. So they're so expensive trainers, you know. If you spend yeah. another £140 on a pair of trainers and you don't yeah. like them, 
you only find that out after you've dirtied them. After it's you've an expensive been, hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried, I think I went through six or seven different makes in different sizes, in different models, yeah. if you're with me. Yeah. So you're yeah. looking at three or four per trainers in each in each make. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it an eight and a half? Is it a nine? Because yeah. every make of trainer, the sizes are slightly yeah. different as well. And I ended up back at ASICS. So I think it's a very good logic. If something works, it's fine. Yeah. I ended up with terrible problems with blisters and rubbing and things like this and as soon as i went back to asics they all disappeared again yeah yeah so so big learning curve it is a lot of money to invest and sometimes uh, trainers might seem okay for 10k that's not going to get you through an ultra necessarily this is the thing as well i had all my kit and then i got past marathon distance needed different kit complete new set of kit because none of the stuff that would serve me up to you know I don't know say 15 to 25 miles is is relevant when you get to 50 plus you know it's a whole different just carrying your kit I think is a big difference because I would wear maybe a running belt or something for a marathon and carry a flask and that'd be it yeah or have a have a drink and hold it the whole time and yeah. get hypothermia, Nicola. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, um, that, that has happened once. Yeah, we're yeah. back to DNF territory yeah, again. Yeah. But I never did it again, so at least I learned. No, yeah. no. Well, that that tells you a really important lesson: how much your mind can be distracted that you don't even notice. Like when I did the Chester One Hundred, the back of my feet had just gone completely. There was holes in the back of my feet, and. I didn't really, I didn't want to take my trainers off because I knew there wasn't, something wasn't quite right. But to think that I'd done possibly 50 miles, the back 50 miles with my feet in that condition. But when your mind, if you can, this is about, you know, like learning the lessons of having issues with mental health and getting through that. If you come to ultra running, clearly you're able to do things with your mind. You've learned some skills with your mind. And to not notice you're holding a freezing bottle for an entire race seems incredible. But your mind can be that distracted that yeah. you don't. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is, and it sounds a bit sadistic, but overcoming, your body's telling you to stop. It's saying, stop what you're doing. And you're saying, no, I'm not. Yeah. And your mind's overriding that. And it's having the ability to do that. And if you can do that and take those skills and apply it in the rest of your life, you can do anything. Yeah. yeah. You know, Definitely. Well, an ultra is going to damage your body. So naturally, you're gonna, your instinct is going to be to stop. But if you've prepared for it properly and you know your recovery routine, then it can only be a good thing because it'll give you so much mental strength and it's just yeah. the satisfaction and the, oh, what race is next then? It's It just yeah. gives you some excitement in life. Yeah, I mean, that's what's given me the ability to take this job with Wade because I did a job that was quite comfortable. I was good at, I understood it. There was chances that I could have stayed there till I retired, but yeah. after being saying, well, shall I go out my comfort zone? Shall I, shall I take a challenge on? Shall I step into the unknown? Obviously, I've got brilliant support in my wife who it was just totally behind me saying, you've got yeah. to do that. You know, this is what, you know, it's yeah. for you. But I would have never dreamt of doing that if I, if I hadn't done the ultras and, and known that you can get amazing results by stepping out of your comfort zone yeah, absolutely, and taking the chance. Yeah. I think also you'd never live with yourself if you didn't take that opportunity no, because no. you'd always be wondering what if. Yeah. So and, full of regret. Yeah. yeah. And I think, although you might have doubts, I don't have any doubts. I, Nicholas probably don't know no. doubts that this is definitely, you're on the right path. Yeah. 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 I, I do feel that now. If, uh, the first one under our belts, Chester, uh, I'm, I'm really starting to get into the role and starting yeah. to love it. You were yeah. already sort of an assistant race director <laughs> before you got the title, weren't you? <laughs> Wayne had been training enough. Yeah, Gareth yeah. just didn't know yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was on the training I didn't realise he signed up to the apprenticeship. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. And am I correct in saying that you cut a bit of a deal with your wife for a cruise? Is that yeah, how it works? I, I, I did, but it looks like I was right, wasn't I? Because no one's going on a cruise now. With the ah, of course. <laughs> you know. Carol's no. actually crewing me for Race Across Scotland this year, so Gareth can't do it right. um, because he'll be working, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. So instead of the cruise, Carol is now... Supporting me instead. Well, she's an yeah. absolute angel. She loves it. She, again, fate possibly as well. Yeah, you know, she, yeah. She's yeah. just amazing. Tell me how this works then, because, for example, this year, if you wanted to do the GB Ultra 100 Grand Slam or the 50 Grand Slam, you're now heavily involved in GB Ultras and working with GB Ultras. So can you still do those? Are you, or are you doing them this no. year? No. I, 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 I have to be at the races as a race director. Right. So I, I have to plan the races beforehand and, you know, be on hand to help run right. and organise the race, be there to do yeah. GoPro in, uh, be there in case anything goes wrong. Uh, so 
yeah, I, I have to step back from the racing this time. Yeah. So you I've, still get lots of obviously because you'll be marking courses and things. There's I've, lots and of the marking as well. Yeah, yeah. So the next three weeks were we're down to the Brecon Beacons, two weeks on the run. So we'll do a hundred miles there in the Brecon Beacons, covering the course from start to finish. Then we're up to Scotland doing another fifty miles. So there's a hundred and fifty miles off the back of, of running and recce, running at a gentle pace, but. I've got a couple of races coming up. I, I want to do a couple of hundreds. Hundred really is is my distance that I yeah. really like to run. I feel comfortable yeah. in it. I like going through the night. I like I like pushing that envelope. I like taking yeah. myself to that edge. Um, You're inspiring so, me right now. I, yeah. I I didn't do the Chester 15, and as I'm talking to you now, I'm going to put my trainers on. Yeah, honestly, uh, and, and that's it. So I, I've got I've got a hundred I've got a hundred race already booked. I, I'm looking at some others. Uh, looking at perhaps do a couple with Nicky at the end of the season. So we're going to get Nicky into a bit of winter altering, you know, when because when our season finishes in October. You do that in a helicopter, don't you, winter altering? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Heli, heli running. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so when our season finishes in October, I'll be able to do some things then. And, you know, we've, we've got a few, maybe a few new routes lined up that we yeah. need to get out and look at. So there's, I've got a lot going on in we, that side. You could probably, a lot behind the scenes as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise that at first. And then last year I became very aware of how much work goes into it, you yeah. know, but so that really means that you're free for the Everest 135, doesn't it, Gareth? Uh, Charlie Sharp our sponsored athletes taking that on this year. So, oh, is he doing it? He's doing it, yeah. So, oh, I don't right. want to take any limelight off him. No. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no, yeah, right, so I Char- didn't know he was yes, doing that. Yes, That's Charlie's fantastic. Doing it this year, so because he's it's in full always, training, it's he's, really nice to have somebody you know doing yeah, it, and that is. Yeah. You've basically and that race got, will be right up his street. You've got well. marathons and, and people running. Then you've got ultra running. Then you're moving into your 100 milers. Then you're stepping up to these 215 milers. And then you've got races like the Everest 135, yeah. which are just off the chart. Yeah. Aren't yeah. They? People think or might think that that is a lesser achievement than the, yeah. you know, the GB Ultras race across Scotland, the 215 miles. But it's... It's up and down like that, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And, 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 and the, the, you've got the, the altitude and, exactly. and the cold yeah. and so many other th- elements. It's a completely I different saw, challenge. I saw a picture of the guy who run it last year. He, he looked like he'd died. <laughs> <laughs> he, all, at the end, he was all mangled. He's fit and you could see he'd been through it, yeah. hadn't he? Yeah. Whoa. And, and kept going. And, yeah. and that's the thing. You can never judge an ultra by its distance. So it's, the, it's what's in it. So it's last, all about the climb, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Last year, I took on a race called the Goat. And it was 55 miles, and it gave you a 24-hour cutoff. I'm thinking, 24 hours? Well, anyway, 17 hours later when I finished the race, I was like, I'm glad that I had a 24-hour <laughs> cutoff. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the train. Of the, so you never know. So so this year's Chester 50 wasn't like last year's Chester 50 because of the train. Yeah. So every race has its own element. Every race has its own yeah. toughness and little special bits about it. And that's what we, makes it so special. And one day he's going to step up to 215 miles. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use that often? Oh, Nicola? yeah. <laughs> Hourly. <laughs> be rude not uh, to. <laughs> so depending on the weather, and uh, the massive thing is elevation. Yeah. I've been doing some runs uh about three or four weeks ago, I've got a route I like to do now. And it's not a massive route. It's it's about, I think it's about 12 miles, something like that. But the, the first part of the run, it's just straight up. It's up, up, yeah. It's just straight up. You're going up, um, I can't remember, 1,500 feet, something like that, straight up. And I love it. I get yeah. to the top and I feel like I've already finished the run there yeah. because it's down, obviously, yeah. after that. Yeah. It's literally up and down. There's yeah. no up and down in it. Yeah. It's just straight up, straight down. But the elevation of a run is... What now, as a as an ultra runner, you look at these things, don't yeah. you? Think, hang on, yeah. fifty mile. Uh, what we're talking about here? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That, that's definitely it. That's uh, the elevation, and that's where we love. We we, we we've got on to that. I think me and Nicola love the love the runs. We like a bit of a hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. You feel good at the end of it. Yeah. Don't you? yeah. And if you, a lot of people will enter a race and not really know what they're letting themselves in for, but all of our races have the, the route, the elevation profile, yeah. so you can see exactly the what GPX you're getting file, into. You can download yeah. As yeah, well. so and all the information's there for you. I like it. If you go onto a particular race and you look at it, you can actually see it tells you everything about that race. Yeah. A detailed description of the route, um, elevation, distance, you know, everything's there, yeah. isn't it? And then if you do the recce's as well, you know what it's like underfoot, yeah. or you've got an idea of how it might be in different yeah. weathers. A, a good point, actually, I didn't mention is the recce's are free. Yes, aren't they? Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're all free. And uh, 
that we'll, that's one thing we're working more on uh, is is giving more information. So I don't know if you've seen the kit video I did. So no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so I did a kit video showing people just how to pack the bag or how I pack the bag. So the soft stuff at the front and working out to see map at the back and but and then it has a mandatory kit list there. So we're just working on trying to build some more bits of that in, or maybe some videos of the over the overall route and it's just giving as much yeah. information as yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. And we're just trying to build and be as big and, and as successful, but still keeping that core community and the, the you know yeah. the importance of the individual taking on the race. And that's what we're all about at GB Ultra is helping you you know complete and fulfil your dreams and take part in some stunning races in some stunning yeah. parts. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on something, and that is when we talk about ultra running, a lot of people focus on the running, the running technique and everything else. But like you were just saying, Gareth, a big part of it is, it's like with triathlon, when I, when I used to do triathlon, is um, learning the transitions, mm. you know. And with ultra running, it's packing your kit. Because yeah. there's two things that can go seriously wrong when you're running. You can be super, super fit. You've, you've done all your training. Everything's ready. You're on the day. If you've not got the right kit with you, not only, you know, if the weather turns or something, you might struggle or you've um, possibly not got the mandatory kit with you and you're disqualified at your yeah. first checkpoint. But that aside, the other thing is your nutrition. And if you get your nutrition wrong on the day, your race is over. Yeah, definitely. You know, because you can't, with a, even with a marathon, you can actually have no nutrition and yeah. get round, you know, because, yeah. you know, you can do that. And with ultra running, if you're two or three hours in and you've not got the right, sustenance with you the right food with you because of any of the, a lot of events if they're under a certain time you just use the fuel in your body yeah. that's soon spent with ultra running and i i estimate i burn between seven and eight hundred calories an hour when i'm running yeah. that's something like that so you can imagine if i go running for two and a half three hours i've burnt off a couple of thousand calories which yeah. is all the calories that i would normally have available or consumed and if you don't start putting the nutrition in very early on your race is over. So maybe tell us a bit about your nutrition on the day, because I know you, you, you all do it slightly different, don't you? Yeah. 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 So my nutrition is, uh, I use bars, and so Trek bars or Glory bars, or any, any ones that I've tested, that I've tried on my long runs that I know I can, I can get down. But I find they're really good to be the start point. So I can just break a little piece off of them and just keep nibbling. And yeah. I can keep going back to them whenever. So I keep them, you know, I, I keep, if Carol's crewing us, so I know she's going to get the next checkpoint. So I roughly keep three or four of them on. And, you yeah. know, each one's about 200 calories. So I know that's plenty. And, and that's, is that, I believe that's the figure to aim for per hour. You want to be putting 200 calories an you hour do. in your body. You do, definitely. Yeah. You want to be putting, trying to get that back in. But So they're my go-to, they're my staple that I have there. And then I, I have nuts, seeds. Uh, I have Then I have cheese sandwiches. I really yeah. like cheese. Vegan cheese, by the way. Yeah. So vegan oh, yes. cheese and vegan mayonnaise. A vegan athlete now, yes. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I find that uh, baked beans, I find at checkpoints, uh, like Carl will bring me baked beans on toast. I find that's really good. I do take marzipan because someone got me into that. Uh, Food of the gods for an ultra. <laughs> uh, I have tailwind. I also have active fruit in my bottles. So I'm yeah. getting some off that. And then uh, some Halibos. Yeah. Just a little bit of that. I, th I think it's great to, for me, I learned that it's not the same for everybody. Mm. That when you're taking your nutrition, I need a variety of things. Yes. No yeah. one, There is no one food source for me. No. Mm. Especially if I go with the gels, I'll throw up. So I need, I still use the gels, but I have a mixture of stuff. Yeah. And what you'll also find, it is trial and error, isn't it? You've yeah. got to yeah. try that. Well, mine's completely different. Mm. Like Gareth has tailwind and active root. Well, I find it easier to keep my nutrition and hydration separate. Right. So... Because if I if it's a hot day, I drink loads. Yeah. If I'm drinking loads of active root or something, I'm going to have too many carbs in my stomach and I can't digest them. And yeah. then I have gut problems and it's it ends up a nightmare. So I just have water and electrolytes in my bottles yeah. and then have solid food. Electrolytes are very important, as I've discovered. If you, if you don't put the salt back in, your body yeah. can't regulate the um, absorption of water and so much can you're go going wrong. to have cramp. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. Full stop. Every, and that, that's pretty much across the board for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. What I find as well is that my nutrition, I try and keep steady, but the consumption of fluid through the race, 
the first hour, hour and a half, I can't, I don't drink as much fluid. Uh, Once I'm getting an hour and a half, two hours in, then I sort of settle into my, yeah. you know, my rhythm. Yeah. If you know. I find with the hundreds that settles down overnight as well because it's quite yeah. cold as well. So we'll maybe have, because we're fortunate enough to have Carol with us, she'll try and get us hot drinks when she can through the night. But other than that, I don't drink a lot of water through the night. Carol available for rent? <laughs> that, that has been asked. No one could afford her, honestly. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing that Carol found at, at uh, Snowden was that we had a very strong coffee. And <laughs> so she kept bringing this for us in a flask. And the first couple of check, like the first couple of checkpoints of the night, me and, me and Nicola didn't touch it. And then the others, we had one or two. And at the end, Carol's Carla, very waste, not want, not. <laughs> so yeah. She'd had 28 coffees by the time we <laughs> seen her in the morning. <laughs> we so said not- to her, you're right to drive us home. And she was wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the way home or just back to the cottage. Was <laughs> your rave music on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we thought the whistle was for mandatory kit, but it was for a rave she was heading to. Brilliant. But yeah, so... With the nutrition, it is get out there on your long runs, try it, get eating, get trying it. You've got to that, and that's the key. Uh, I read once about kit and thinking about marathons in the distance. Hold on, you read? Yes. <laughs> well, someone might have read it to me. But yeah, <laughs> and it said about having a stone in your sock, and it said if you're on a ten k, you're on time. You'll just move that stone around and you'll shove it out the way, and yeah. and it'll annoy you slightly, but it's going to be over in forty minutes or so, isn't it? So that's it. If that's in an ultra, you stop straight away. Take that sock off and take that stone out because that's gonna ruin, could ruin yeah, your day. Yeah. So deal with everything here and now, and that's the same with straight the nutrition. Away. Nutrition, yeah. Yeah. straight off. Keep on top of it. Yeah. Keep managing it because there will be gold periods in the night or stuff like that where you'll lax on it. But if you've kept on it from the beginning, you might be able to get away with the odd hour here and there. Yeah, you need to come back yeah. to it and keep on. With your mind being distracted, you have to be a little bit regimented with your nutrition because it's very easy if your mind gets distracted and you're thinking about something, which you do on an ultra, your mind yeah. goes all over the place. And an hour passing, an hour and a half passing, that can easily happen. So I, I have to sort of every thirty minutes thinking. I've got to be putting a bit of something in every 30 minutes, yeah. regular. And like I think that. that's where, if you haven't got a crew particularly, the checkpoints can be absolute lifesavers. Because yeah. certainly if I'm on a checkpoint and I see people struggling, yeah. it's right, sit down, get yourself sorted. You're not leaving until you've eaten something. No. And same at the checkpoint on Snowden. Um, I was close to hypothermia. I just got in the car, Carol and someone, Julie, on the checkpoint, they just stripped me off, got me dressed in Julie's clothes. I didn't even have spare kit because I'd used it all already through the race. And that's what got me to finish the race. Those those checkpoints, as you run towards them, I have sort of heavenly angelic vision. (laughs) I see wings coming up and and then I see a pile of sweets and a coffee and maybe a little sandwich or a bit of pizza and I'm thinking, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Life's just got good. The coffee has never tasted so good. (laughs) Oh, cheap Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Anything goes. It's got to be cheap Coke and full of sugar. (laughs) So let's talk about GB Ultras now. I was going to talk about the event, am I correct in saying, so if you want to do the 100 mile Grand Slam and the 50 mile Grand Slam, you need to choose, don't you? If you can't yes. do both no. in one season. No. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, if they're doing those, won't then be taking on the GB 215 no. mile race as well, which is what you did last season, yeah. Gareth, yeah? yeah? You did the 100 <laughs> Grand Slam and took on the 215. He still sounds tired now. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I don't think people appreciate after an ultra... I have to, it takes me a few days to recover, yeah. you know, because oh, yeah. I'm the you, your body, oof. and you think after a day, you think, no, I'm okay. And then you notice simple things and your nutrition, your sleep pattern, your energy levels that you realize it's, it's probably takes me a week to put yeah. myself back together again yeah. after an ultra, yeah. you yeah. know, and that, those energy levels. But so the hundred mile grand slam and the 50 mile grand slam, if you choose to do one of those, in any one season, it's one or the other at the yeah. end, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And that's because, for example, with the Scotland, you've got the 50 and the 100 on the same day. Yeah, and, yeah. and Snowden. They're, so they're the two that, that think links. So you can do, like I tried to do last year, is complete every race that's available to run. And races in between. And, and, well, yeah. So, <laughs> so once I started doing that, I thought, well, I might as well do 12 in the month, uh, 12 in the year. Yeah. So uh, that, that was my aim. Uh, and unfortunately, because of the Scotland race and I, I didn't finish that, I had to come out injured at 118 miles. I then had to look for another one. Yeah, for most people, that's not a bad day at the office. <laughs> no, Can we no. just clarify? No, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, cla- I don't even know if that's classed as a failure, is it? That's class- <laughs> that's classed as a bloody well, good day. It, it's it, 
I, I didn't complete what I set out to do. No, I didn't, so yeah. in that sense, but I learned so much for it. Um, it's the furthest you've ever run, though, isn't it? It's still a run. massive achievement. Uh, yeah. But also being able to get over that and cope with that, 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 yeah, that was yeah. amazing. And that was the thing. And because I knew I had uh, Snowden, Snowden and I knew I had the 100 Grand Slam and I knew I was going to help this lovely lady get yeah. to the get her to complete the so he's blaming goal. me now isn't no, he? No, no 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 but you know having all them things around and you know the coping mechanisms and having yeah. my family around me helped me just deal with that and say well and we're spoiled is... for choice with the races if one doesn't go to planned there's yeah. always going to be another one that you can just smash it and i think with me with the pennine 100 i did the 50 and at that point i realized that you know taking that race on was not the right decision, but I did the 50. Excellent. I was elated that yeah. I did the front 50 because yeah. I'd done the back 57 days yeah. before anyway. Yeah. So, But I found that after you maybe set out, I like the way you put that, and the fact is you have a goal, you set out to achieve it. Even though you may have achieved something amazing, it might not be what you'd set out to do. Yeah. And consequently, I went a little bit into it after, and you just have to, you know, you, you sort of, I needed to process a little yes. bit and put myself back together and thinking, right, okay, we know why that happened, yeah. you know, and we can we can do better this time. We can fix that. Obviously, I had a long-term injury then, but yeah. Um, yeah That's the, what ultra runners tend to do, though, is process things because a lot of people might think, oh, I've had a bad race, I'll ignore it and it'll go away. Mm. But, but in order for us to it, progress, yeah. we've got to deal with it. That's what I did with the Chester 100 and the Pennine 100 was the probably the wrong decision in hindsight, but... But I had to make that decision yes. to learn it was the You had to decision. make a mistake, yeah. yeah. You know, so I think it's just all part of the journey. It's it all is. part of the journey, is, yeah. So at this point, with GB Ultras, if somebody wants to find out a bit more about GB Ultras, possibly with the community, or if they want to maybe do the first Ultra, uh, if they want to look at a Grand Slam, if they want to look at doing the 215-mile race across Great Britain or Scotland... Give us some information, possibly. Oh, and I believe now you're selling the merchandise as well. We have. Right. We do. We have a Lay it down for us, Gareth. Tell okay. us everything. So, at first part of call would be to either go on any of the websites that we have. So, each race has its own individual website right. where you can find all the information. And on each of the websites, it's linked. So, you can go on and you can find a homepage that will take you to all our races and tell you all about them. That, that in turn has all our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages linked on yeah, there. Yeah. It also has the link to our community page, which then you, you can ask to join and we'll, we'll let you yeah. join that. Uh, that'll have all the wealth of information. Plus then you, you'll find that on there, that there is a way to message us. Yeah. You can send a message either through any of them pages or direct or through email. So it's gbultras.com and then it's the GB Ultras community on Facebook are probably the first places to start. Definitely. So if somebody comes along and, and they're just curious, they can, at this stage, just join the GB Ultras community exactly. and they could come on one of the recce's. That's ideal. That's a perfect way to start, yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Come so and meet us, get to yeah. see us. So no money involved at this stage. Nothing. Come and see what it's all about. Yeah. Meet everybody yeah. and probably get hooked and then yeah. wish you'd never have gone in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. joking. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's funny. That's exactly what Carl said to me this morning. When we got up, she said, when you used to just run at the beginning, I said, GB Ultras taking over our life. How wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why, how he's taking over our life. It's a yeah. whole new level. <laughs> well, yeah. fortunately, Willow knows what I'm like. Yeah. And so as I, I get involved with something, I, I can see her face, her face, <laughs> and she goes, here we go, here we go. And it was the same with ultra running. And it's when you just get the look and no words are necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found... Running, which is for a lot of people, people think it's just about the physicality and you're getting fitter and you're getting, the, you know, you're running further. And everything. It's for me, it's helped me. It's part of my recovery. You know, it's been invaluable for me mentally because I spend time on my own. I do a lot of processing and thinking and I become fully present. A lot of my problems disappear when I'm running as well. And so running, it's therapy for me. Yeah. yeah. I think you can it use it to either switch off or you can really, really focus as well. Yeah. Um, and it's it's relaxing. It tires you out if you're stressed or anxious, um, but it can give you energy if you need that bit of a boost and a bit of inspiration from being in nature. It, it can give you whatever and, you need. And it gives you both of them things. It gives you community. It gives you people that you can speak to, but it also can give you time on your own. Mm. So it, it, it's, it is just a brilliant sport, you know, from, from park run 
all the way up to ultras. Yeah. I would recommend anyone to get out there, give running a go, try yeah. it. It you know, it's well worth it. It will help you in and everyday life. A lot of people that I've spoke to say, oh, I'd love to, but I can't because of my knees and stuff like that. And okay, there are there are exceptions. But for me, I had problems with my knees before I started running. I did. My knees are now far, far better. Yeah. They're not perfect, but I can I can run ultras. You know, my knees have improved drastically since I started yeah. running. I had problems with my joints, yeah. um, but because of the running and especially because we're going up and down hills on the trails, mm. the muscles that have developed helped to support the joints. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot oh, better. But, but the other bits that go with that, that you won't even notice, so your diet will improve. You, and you, we all do our strength training, our yeah, yoga, meditation you know, yeah, for the mental yeah, focus. Just little things will yeah. creep in, you know... It, everybody's they will do they might stack on the gym a little bit or they they'll look at what they're eating or they'll add some vitamins or you know mm. so they'll go oh well i might eat some fish you know yeah. every little bit and it'll just creep in without even knowing and but the real nucleus of that is the running will yeah. help bring that in. I think in order to do ultras, you've got to have a very holistic approach to yeah. it if one it's, thing's out of balance the whole thing is you start making <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if Looking you the whole picture decide okay. you're going to start <laughs> running you generally then, you've made a good decision and they compound each other. When you start making good decisions, you start to feel better and then your mind's clearer and you make better good decisions and then you want to put the right fuel in because your running improves and it all snowballs and you become this, you have a a better outlook on life. You're a healthier, happier human being when you're running. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. More productive, you can give more. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come to the end of the show. It's been absolutely bloody brilliant having you both on the show. And it's swore. been fab being here. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really enjoyable. It's been, it's been great. Very easy to do. <laughs> I there's certain elements of this show that I'd love to go into further about nutrition and kit and things like this that we could talk about. So I'd really, really like to do it again. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. love to compliment. Yeah. Oh, it's so, not very often we get invited back <laughs> to places. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much, Gareth, for coming on, and Nicola, the assistant race director and new ambassador for GB Ultras. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. I'd just like to finish each week, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, with telling you that you can get my book from Pills to Peace, which is out on Amazon in about twelve other places. You can also get the audio book now, which is out on Audible.com, ACX, iTunes, and various other places. Book two. Moving forward, learning how to glide, elevating yourself and propelling yourself forward using surrounding energies with zero resistance, with zero effort, in harmony with natural law, is out in just a few weeks' time. I've also got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, a website, and I've recently now started teaching meditation again, so keep your eyes open for that. Please subscribe to this channel if you want to watch more of these, at least one episode every week. And... If you go into the text below for this particular episode, if you look, there'll be some links for GB Ultras that you can click on and away we go. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you.